Thank you so much for joining us today on Inside MWHC. We are excited to have a, a good conversation about the formula shortage in the United States and what moms and dads can do to safely feed their babies. Can you please introduce yourselves for our audience today? Hi, this is Dr. Rhonda Severia. I'm a pediatrician at Mary Washington Pediatrics. Hi, my name is Dr. Blair Ryland Lethbridge, and I'm also a pediatrician with Mary Washington Pediatrics. Thank you so much for being with us today. Let's just jump right in. Dr. Severia, can moms and dads make their own homemade formula if they can't find any in a store? I definitely do not recommend making homemade formula. There are some alternatives that I would try um, because making homemade formula can be um, very risky for your baby. Um, making formula that um, is homemade can have different ingredients and electrolytes and cause serious imbalances. And in fact, when I was in training, I had a patient that I saw end up in the ICU where they had um, severe hypernatremia, which is where the sodium is too high and um, it can cause brain damage. So they were in the ICU and we had to slowly correct that. So making homemade formula may be a good intention and you may have, um, you may be trying to help, but it may actually do more harm than good. So I definitely do not recommend making homemade formula. Thank you. So we understand, don't make your own formula. Dr. Ryland Lethbridge, what about watering down or changing the, the ratio of a formula to make it last longer? Is that a safe bet? I would strongly advise against changing the ratio of how you're mixing your formula for your baby. Similarly to what Dr. Severia had mentioned as it relates to making your homemade formulas, if you were to water down your formulas that you get over the counter, you can put your baby at severe risk for metabolic issues and imbalances to their electrolytes, especially hyponatremia, which is low sodium or salt. Um, unfortunately, this can also cause very severe reactions um, and consequences, specifically things like seizures. And so we would like to definitely avoid this. And so I would strongly advise not trying to stretch your formula and increasing the water ratio. Generally, most formulas are gonna be one scoop of formula to two ounces of water. Dr. Severia, back to you. Um, what if my baby is on a specific formula? Is it safe to switch to a generic formula if that's all I can find on the shelf? That's a very good question. So the good news is that um, it's very safe to switch between different brands, different types of formula. Um, I like to explain it in that formula, it can seem like a scary thing because um, the way it's marketed and there's all these different types of formulas out there. Um, so it can be very confusing for parents, but in reality, there are three major types. You have varieties of regular formula, then you have soy-based formulas for lactose intolerance, and then you have hypoallergenic formula. Um, any varieties of those may exist for uh, what we call fortifying or increasing the calorie intake, but that is something special you would uh, have spoken with your pediatrician about. So if, for example, a baby has been doing well on just Infamil Gentle Ease, you can go to a different formula like Gerber. It's not an issue, just any variation, any variety of the regular formula. And yes, you may notice some changes in uh, maybe some gassiness or stool changes, but it's not going to harm your baby. Um, and I would say if you're in a big pinch and all you can find is soy formula or the hypoallergenic formula, those will not harm your baby. But um, I, 
you can use them as alternatives until you're able to get back to your regular formula. If I could add, I certainly agree with Dr. Severia, any of those formulas, uh, most babies will be able to tolerate just fine. Um, that being said, some babies do, for medical reasons, need those hypoallergenic formulas. And so if possible, and if your child does not need those formulas, I try to stray away from them unless it's a last resort, just because there are lots of babies out there who need those for medical reasons, and we'd like to try to leave them for them if possible. Dr. Ryland Lethbridge, let's go over to you. My baby is older than six months and is eating solid foods. Does this impact their formula needs? Can I give them less formula because they're eating more food? Generally between six months and one year of life when we're starting solid foods, some children will require a little bit less formula. That being said, when we're starting out with solid food introduction, a majority of kiddos calories is gonna come from formula and that's super important. As we're moving from six months to nine months, then nine months to one year, that might transition, but it's gonna be a slow transition. So I usually recommend just following your child's needs and their cues for what they need. That being said, you might notice a slower reduction of formula need as they move towards a toddler diet. Dr. Severia, what if moms and dads have formula cans that were included in that recall and they still have them at home and they can't find formula anywhere else? How do they know if those cans are safe to use or not? So it might be tempting to use formula that um, could potentially be part of the Similac recall. There's a way to double check that. So you can go to Similac.com and on their website along the top, there is a place you can click to enter in the, the numbers and letters on the bottom of the can, the lot number. And it will tell you if your can specifically, not the box, this is a bit deceiving. The box has its own number if you're buying in bulk versus the actual can. It's important to know that. So enter the numbers in the bottom of the can on the website and it will tell you if it's part of the recall or not. If it is part of the recall, then you do not want to give your baby that formula. Um, it then is part of the recall and therefore may be contaminated with a serious bacteria that can um, hurt your baby. And unfortunately, there have been some deaths associated with giving babies the contaminated formula. So although it may be tempting if that's all you have, do not give your baby that formula. Dr. Ryland Lethbridge, there are parents out there who can't find formula, whether it's any formula or a specific formula like a hypoallergenic brand that their baby needs, what can they do? Unfortunately, I do feel like there are some parents that are in this situation, um, and I can relate. I have a four-month-old, and um, he receives a lot of his calories from formula, and this has caused me some anxiety as well, so I certainly relate to those parents out there. I think one of the things I would encourage parents to do is just use your resources. Um, call your child's pediatrician. They might potentially have some sample cans that could get you by in a pinch. I know that these have been limited just with the overall shortage, so I wouldn't solely rely on that, but I would reach out to your pediatrician, not only for that, but also recommendations based on your child's age. Um, when I say use your resources, if you happen to have other family or friends in other parts of the country, they might live in an area where it might be an older population. So those stores might have more formula on the shelves than where you live. And so just utilizing your resources, both local and afar, if you have them, um, would be my best recommendation. I would like to add that there are some great resources with um, support groups 
online, um, like for example, like with Facebook, where uh, people are, when they do find the formula, they are notifying members of the group that they found formula and what the specific formula brands are so that other members of the group, they're then giving it or maybe even selling it um, to the other members. So that's another good um, way to look out and use your resources for uh, finding other areas of formula. But if you're, if you're breastfeeding, um, it's still the gold standard. So trying to breastfeed as much as possible is, is definitely helpful. And then being able to supplement with the formula. Um, on top of the Facebook recommendations and support groups there, there's also a website called babyformulaexchange.com. Um, I learned about this uh, online recently. Um, and it goes through a process of asking if you have formula or if you need formula. And it's supposed to help hook up families um, across the United States who either have extra formula and they're willing to give it and donate it, or if uh, parents are in need of formula and how we get them that. Have there been any reports of like counterfeit formula where people are passing off evaporated milk as formula? I have not heard of any. That doesn't mean it's not happening. So you always want to be on the safe side. Um, you want to obtain the formula from a reputable source. Um, and of course, if you get a can and it's been opened, then it may not be safe. So, um, and, and that's for powdered formula. As far as like ready to feed, um, those do come sealed as well. So if it's been opened and you uh, don't know the individual that you're purchasing or obtaining it from, then I would hesitate and be very cautious in giving that to my child kind of piggybacking off of what Dr. Severi had said, just making sure, you're sure your sources are reputable, making sure that the formula that you're receiving is not only FDA approved, um, but that it also hasn't been tampered with. Additionally, I think Dr. Severi is gonna be speaking to some uh, donor milk and donor milk banks. Um, but if you are accepting donor milk from other persons, just make sure that not only you know those persons and that you're familiar with them, um, but that you're also going through the appropriate steps in terms of obtaining that. Um, there have been reports of, unfortunately, people out there who are mixing donor milk with cow's milk and or watering it down um, just to make the, the quantity look greater, um, but that can put your child at increased health risks. And so I just make sure that your sources are reputable and you're going about it in the appropriate process. What about, I think Dr. Severia, you mentioned about breastfeeding moms who maybe supplement with formula. Is there a way that they can increase their supply during this shortage to maybe not have to supplement anymore? Yes, that's a great question. So um, if you're breastfeeding, we want to definitely encourage that because um, it's readily available. It's already prepared for your baby and it's free. Um, so what I recommend is um, meeting with your local lactation specialist. They can work with you one-on-one -on -one to help you look at what, uh, how you're feeding your baby and what tips they have to help increase your milk supply. I would agree with that. Um, I definitely think that if you're able to breastfeed your child, um, that's wonderful. Um, I do know there are lots of moms who either aren't able to for many reasons or maybe don't have the supply to do so and certainly rely on formula. And obviously that's why we're talking about this today. Um, and so just, just keep in mind that you do have those resources if that's that something that is an option for you, reaching out to your pediatrician, lactation consultants. Um, I have had some parents who have told me that they stopped breastfeeding but are interested in 
potential for relactating. So just recommend reaching out to your pediatrician or lactation consultants as far as recommendations for that um, and what's going to work specifically well for you. So what if my child is almost a year old, maybe they're nine months, 10 months, 11 months, is cow's milk or almond milk or soy milk a safe alternative for an older baby? I would say it depends on the age of the patient. So my recommendation is to first talk with your pediatrician and that way you can have a one-on-one conversation on, on what is the safe, what are the safest options. Um, and then moving forward from there, if you, you're, you have a child that's closer to a year of age, for example, I have a patient that um, I did write a letter for that is only a couple weeks away from being a year old. So in that situation, I felt comfortable moving forward with giving whole milk uh, to that patient. A couple of things to think about is that when you're transitioning um, from formula to whole milk, which is what I typically recommend over soy or almond milk or other variations of milk, um, you want to look at a few things like, how is my baby growing? Because there's different, there are different amounts of nutrients and calories and whole milk versus formula. So there's, there's a reason why we recommend formula for the first or breast milk for the first year of life. Um, but there are some, some individuals that would like to do like a plant-based or um, a different type of milk. If there's a medical reason, then that's something to discuss with the doctor, your pediatrician. But um, so to answer the question, it honestly, you need to look at the big picture. You need to look at how your baby's doing, how old they are. Do they have specific needs? Talk to your pediatrician. Um, I think talking one-on-one is best so you can get all of your questions answered. Um, if they are closer to that 12 months old, you can do whole milk, whole cow's milk. Um, if you really just, if they're a bit younger and you don't have any formula and you aren't able to breastfeed, um, I would say you can give a little bit of whole milk and maybe give whole milk every other feed. Um, only for a short duration of time, I would say not more than a week or two. And that's extend, that's extending it really. Um, and then get back to all, uh, all formula and or formula and breast milk. Do you know anything about imported formula? I would personally advise against imported formula, if only for the sake, for the reason that the FDA does have strict guidelines as to what's safe for our babies and um, imported formula doesn't, doesn't have that. And so I would just make sure that you're using an FDA approved formula. I have a couple of moms who've mentioned the name of a formula that they're using and I don't recognize it, which makes me nervous. And so I search it and it comes from Europe. And so I have to, of course, make my recommendations not to use it, but I can't go home with the families and tell them what to do. So I just make my best recommendations, but I have had a few moms who've given me names that I hadn't recognized and it was because they were from Europe. I would say the biggest thing is if you have questions, reach out to your pediatrician. And even if you can't come into the clinic, you can do a telemedicine visit where we can talk about it for a quick 15 minutes. I can answer your, or your pediatrician can answer all of your questions um, because that's going to give you peace of mind and have some direction in the midst of all of, all of this chaos for parents. Um, it's really sad and unfortunate for families right now that we're going through this. And um, as a pediatrician, and I, you know, I, I seeing this and getting a lot of questions, I, I encourage parents to reach out. 
Um, and whether we can work them in for a quick 15 minute slot that day or the next day, we're so happy to do that. Yeah, and just reiterate that outside of um, you as, as the parent, uh, your pediatrician is going to know your child and your child's medical history the best, and they're going to be the best person to speak to in terms of making decisions uh, for your family. Oh, there is something else I want to add. Um, so the babies, there's two things. One is the babies that um, are receiving formula through the WIC program. Um, at first, they were WIC only would cover Similac, and right now because of the shortage, WIC is covering different types of formula, not just the formula that comes in cans, but also ready to feed. It's also covering larger containers, and um, they are covering different brands of formula. And I double checked on the um, USDA website for WIC, and Virginia um, is allowing for all of those waivers. So parents can obtain different formulas um, because Similac is the one that I believe they're contracted with and is part of the recall. So parents can then purchase different brands of formula and, and um, not have to worry about, um, you know, not being able to have money for other necessities. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention was um, infants on higher calorie formula, so Neosure or InfaCare, um, there is a way to take regular formula that is not 22 calories per ounce or higher calories um, and actually mix it to the, that um, caloric intake so that you can get the 22 calories per ounce. So the, the best way to do that though is to meet with your pediatrician uh, to go over that because once again, when you're mixing formula, it's very important to mix it properly so that you don't run into um, serious electrolyte imbalances that can be harmful to your baby. One thing I just wanted to add, it, it might be tempting to stockpile formula uh, because these are uncertain times and probably your child is the most important thing to you. I know mine is to me. Um, so I know that this causes some increased anxiety and it's certainly tempting to stockpile formula, but it is recommended to only get enough for maybe the next week and a half to two weeks maximum, just so that we're allowing for other children who need that formula as well. So that might, that might seem like common sense, but I just wanted to put in a plug in for that. So I actually have a great follow-up to stockpiling formula. What happens if I have formula that's expired? How safe is that to give my baby? I would not recommend giving your child an expired formula, if not only for the fact that it might not contain the most nutritional value at this point, but also because of the recall and that there could be contaminants at that point because there's this expiration date for reason and that's the shelf life. So we just don't know how that's gonna affect the formula. If it could cause increased risk of medical problems, including infection, um, I would not risk it. I would, I would not give your child an expired formula. Thank you. Do either one of you have any other resources that we can share with our uh, parents out there? Mary Washington specific, I would just put a plug in for Mary Washington lactation. Uh, personally, I've worked with the lactation consultants. I think they're amazing. Yeah, and then I would say um, regarding if you're if you have someone that you do trust that is um, 
a super producer of breast milk. Um, <laughs> I'm not totally against or recommend making recommendations for a parent to receive breast milk from another mom. But as Dr. Ryland said, you want to be able to trust your source. Um, that's super important because there are there is a national milk bank, but the one in Virginia at CHKD Children's Hospital of the King's Daughters, they um, don't have enough to share with the public right now. They're having to utilize for their uh, NICU babies. Um, but usually what happens in that process of donating breast milk, it is tested for different infections and viruses um, and it's pasteurized and therefore we know it's safe to give to the baby. So um, there are some risks. So you always wanna keep that in mind. I want to thank you both so much for your time today. I know it's uh, you've you've taken time away from your patients or from your lunchtime, and I just appreciate you being here with us today to you know share all your knowledge with the parents out in our community. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for putting this together. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Thanks for tuning in today to Inside MWHC. For all the resources our pediatricians mentioned, please check the show notes or the blog post on our website mwhc.com. This is Karen Charney for Inside MWHC.